0: I was really quite taken aback at the coverage of this uh, material. I was surprised he released this book at all. It looks like a real uh, cynical gesture to me, a money-making gesture. Um, Very slim, very offensive in certain places, and really dashed off, like not, not a lot of thought given to it. Um, and you know, I, I don't know if he keeps throwing these curveballs. I admire the memoir so much. I admire triplicate so much. And then he's just has, he's so wayward. He can't help himself. So this is my review of philosophy, modern song, hero blues, Bob Dylan's philosophy twists popular song. Throughout his 60-year-plus career, Bob Dylan has combined an incredible skill with a wildness of spirit, as magician Penn Jillette recently put it. He towers above others, Bruce Springsteen, John Prine, Leonard Cohen, and Joni Mitchell, through volume, range, and brash unpredictability. In the past decade, he has retold Frank Sinatra crooning on triplicate and rung suspicious reverie from COVID crazy, rough and rowdy ways. In this latest book, he submits essays on sixty six recordings, having his say about cherished records in a voice that favors wildness over skill. Dylan has great ears and great taste. He spotlights many performers who don't get enough credit and rescues others from silence. But his off the cuff style inadvertently reveals a reactionary sensibility and undercuts his credibility. Framed by photographs chosen by Parker Fischel and David Beale in a plush design by Coco Shinomaya, the layout seems both over-literal and didactically elusive. It's this season's Drunk Uncle coffee table item designed for display. Clichés pile up and ricochet off one another, with the occasional flicker of light. In Describing Nelly Was a Lady by Alvin Youngblood Hart, Dylan writes, In this song, the fire's gone out and your life is missing. A turn that echoes his best critic, Grill Marcus. In fact, skip this title in favor of Marcus's folk music, a Bob Dylan biography in seven songs. Hanks knows I don't hurt anymore will tear your heart out. Feel So Good by Sonny Burgess comprises the sound that made America great. Some platitudes explode into shrapnel. Applause for a hallucinogenic amalgamation of succubus and thaumaturge, but not enough to justify the logoria. With a rock band behind him guessing at where he'll land, Dylan's lyrics can prove wildly entertaining. Fencing with meaning, spinning language into twaddle at a furious rate, his performances give the ear a wild ride, even in slower numbers. As prose, most of this blurs into wobbly beatnik squawk. About Pete Townsend's My Generation, Dylan writes, People are trying to slap you around, slap you in the face, vilify you. They don't like you because you pull out all the stops and go for broke. They give you frosty looks, and they've had enough of you, and there's a million others just like you, multiplying every day. A little of this goes on far too long. In song, Dylan twists clichés with a snap or a snarl. Here they just crowd into one another. For pages on end, his style turns mannered. What works as scattershot vocal delivery doesn't translate into prose. What's worse, he solved this problem in Chronicles Volume 1, his absorbing 2004 memoir which this effort somehow diminishes. Dylan doesn't respect the experience of reading the way he does the experience of listening. Some sequences toss up unexpected meanings, like the way Johnny and Jack's poison love follows the temptation's ball of confusion, or how Rosemary Clooney's Come On of My House provides some comic relief after Jimmy Webb's By the Time I Get to Phoenix. No mention of Glen Campbell, a slight. But overall, Dylan avoids building many of his ideas. He tosses them out as if they're gold coins. He starts with Bobby Bear's Detroit City and ends with Dion and the Belmonts' version of Where or When. But randomize the essay order any which way, and you'll get much the same effect. Many ideas collapse into hyperbole. The greatest of the prayer songs is The Lord's Prayer. None of these other songs even come close, Dylan writes. He calls Tony Williams, the euphoric vocalist from The Platters, One of the greatest singers ever. Everybody talks about how Sam Cooke came out of gospel to go into the pop field, but there's nobody beats this guy. Dylan does this repeatedly for emphasis. Jackson Brown's greatest song, or Sonny Bono's greatest achievement. But this Williams essay crashes into an iceberg of bad taste. Williams took his spirituality with him into the pop world. You couldn't picture this guy getting shot bare naked in a motel room. Presumably, Dylan judges Sam Cooke's records by his unseemly murder, which the rest of us call blaming the victim. In other places, Dylan makes reductive comparisons. Little Walter is an excellent guitar player and a great singer and a greater singer than anyone on chess records. But he also turns in what is perhaps the deepest vocal in the whole chess catalog on the song Last Night. Dylan can't stop or get out of his own way. Out of all the artists on chess, he might have been the only one with real substance. Any discerning editor would have counseled the writer not to undermine his own enthusiasm. Lumping these great chess iconoclasts together, Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf, Chuck Berry, Willie Dixon, reduces them all. Predictably, since his catalog sports very few female narrators, any female narrators? Dylan writes weekly about women. Ever since the put-downs in Just Like a Woman and on through Don't Fall Apart on Me Tonight and Is Your Love in Vain, Dylan has veiled his misogyny by keeping things vague, to quote Joan Baez. Not here. In this passage of 1975's Witchy Woman, a third-rate eagle song by Don Henley and Bernie Leadon, he writes, The progressive woman, youthful, whimsical, and grotesque, the woman from the global village of nowhere, destroyer of cultures, traditions, identities, and deities. But even this gets overtaken by Dylan's disdain for divorce lawyers. In his essay on Johnny Taylor's 1973 hit, Cheaper to Keeper, he blames these figures for teen suicides and serial killers. They are, by definition, in the destruction business, Dylan writes. They destroy families. His complaints about alimony build to a surreal passage on polygamy. No one has fought for the only one that really counts, the polygamous marriage. Dylan, the Malibu rock star, rides the victim carousel. Then he grasps for a lifeline. And when did I ever posit that the polygamous marriage had to be male, singular, female, plural? Have at it, ladies. There's another glass ceiling for you to break. As if that's what liberation looks like. In a country where one in three women experience rape or sexual violence, Dylan descends from his mountaintop with a solution. What marriage needs is more men. The many glaring omissions here count as a feature, not a bug. Joan Baez goes unmentioned. He brings up Joni Mitchell twice, but only in passing. First, in relation to the Grateful Dead's Bob Weir, in relation to their guitar style. He has his own style, not unlike Joni Mitchell, but from a different place. Second, in a surface reading of her song, The Circle Game, not a complete essay. Other missing females, many of whom have celebrated Dylan interpretations, Include Janice Joplin, Roseanne Cash, PJ Harvey, Sheryl Crow, Emmy Lou Harris, Christine Collister, Patty Smith, Bonnie Raitt, Tracy Chapman, Chrissy Hind, Edda James, Aretha Franklin, Sally Timms, Nico Case, Jenny Lewis, Betty Levette, and Tina Turner. Special shout out to Sinead O'Connor, who got booed off his stage at his 30th anniversary celebration, unmentioned by Dylan since that 1992 incident many male peers also go missing. After a decades-long friendship with George Harrison, only Roy Orbison from the Traveling Wilburys gets the nod for Blue Bayou. He mentions a few Lennon McCartney songs, The Fool on the Hill, Give Peace a Chance, and I Want You, She's So Heavy, but doesn't devote an essay to any, or to anything by Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. He seems more generous towards the dead, like Warren Zevon, than the living. Bruce Springsteen, Brian Wilson, Stevie Wonder, Brian Ferry, David Byrne, or Beck. Nothing for Leonard Cohen, T-Bone Burnett, Richard Thompson, Tom Waits, Lou Reed, Dwight Yoakam, John Hyatt, and Neil Young. Paul Simon earns special rebuke. Dylan goes into detail about how "American Tune" borrows material from Bach's Saint Matthew Passion, without mentioning Simon by name. Perhaps because Dylan's approach feels studiously informal, some of the lesser material gets some of the better prose. His extended riff on volare overtakes the song itself. The vocal is all about dynamics. One moment soft whispers of intimacy, the next joyous exultation, an interlude of recitation followed by wistfulness that translates without language. Other phrases leap out as portals into Dylan numbers. Stories are simple. We all know them. Boy meets girl. Boy loses girl. Boy steals crust of bread. Boy gets gunned down in town square. Girl kills boy's wife. Child grows up searching for father's murderer. Girl marries boy. Boy burns downtown. Doesn't that sound like the subtext to Highway 61 or Everything is Broken? Think of this book as a lengthy footnote to the far preferable theme time radio hour, where Dylan DJ'd an XM Pay Radio Network series. Far from any philosophy or skill, this book captures the voice of a soul that seems to have shrunk in inverse proportion to his catalog's reach and influence. Yeah, and I still think that I went gently on this book.